International shipping has always been complex, but in the wake of Brexit, it's become clear that relying on in-house teams to keep up with international laws and regulations is risky, costly, and inefficient. Customs brokerage processing from DDC-FPO helps transportation and logistics companies save money and improve the speed and accuracy of international shipping. Trust DDC to import, audit, and enter data from the point of origin. Identify and correct tariff and tax declarations for all shipments. Match invoices between customers and shippers and correct mistakes. And communicate directly with customers via phone, email, text, or chat in over 30 languages. Our partners report less friction at the border, greater efficiency, and increased compliance. Want to scale your international shipping while reducing risk and maintaining agility? Choose Customs Brokerage Processing from DDC-FPO. Contact us to learn more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Great Quarter Guys. I'm Anthony Smith, lead economist here at Freight Waves, and I'm joined by Tony Mulvey, analyst and here at Freight Waves. We are going to jump into some news. So, Tony, we have a lot to get into. I mean, it was has not been the slowest of weeks yeah. when it comes to freight, and so we got to dive into it. But before we do, we have to thank some very special people, our sponsors, some great folks over at DDC. So, first off, this episode is brought to you by DDC FPO. Best known for freight billing, DDC is a business process outsourcing provider that specializes in freight. Now offering custom brokerage processing. Discover how DDC can help you clear customs faster at ddcfpo.com. And without further ado, much thanks to DDC. We got to jump into it. Tony, we've been talking about LTL. It's been a hot topic. And if you thought we weren't going to talk about it, you're wrong. That's exactly what we're about to talk about. Top of the show, we got to get to it. Central Freight Lines bankruptcy. We're talking about how powerful or how strong the trend is for LTL over the last couple of weeks. Really so much activity going on, so much growth happening, so many acquisitions. What's been going on here? Yeah, so I mean, we've talked about it, like you said, for the past couple of weeks. We've seen that the growth with Knight Swift's acquisition. Uh, and then we get a story breaks over the weekend where Central Freight Lines, an LTL provider based out of Waco, Waco Texas, uh, files bankruptcy. So uh, maybe some interesting timing uh, on the surface, but once you dive kind of down into things, it maybe makes a little more sense that why why now? Uh, why when the market is as hot as it is, why is bankruptcy and liquidating, uh, why does it make sense? So, yeah. So like, if you've been living under a rock, Tony, say, I'm living under a rock. I don't know anything about supply chain. What's going on? Why LTL? What's so hot about LTL? What are some of the drivers right now? I mean, the big one, uh, e-commerce. So small, medium-sized businesses have been booming. Uh, E-commerce trends booming. Uh, I think uh, retail sales, uh, Bank of America's credit card spending on online retails up like 20 plus percent over, it's 40% over a two-year period, something just astronomical. So, I mean, uh, that's one of the key drivers. I mean, there's, the capacity tightness around yeah. the the whole, just you hear about it, driver shortage, driver shortage. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but there is tightness in the market, driving rates up. And so now we're in an environment where you see LTL carriers reporting record revenue uh, seemingly every quarter. Uh, so definitely a little interesting at the time. But yeah. uh, like I said, once we get dive into it here in a little bit, 
uh, we'll see some of those, the trends that are happening in the entire market and what, why that might explain why it makes sense at the time to, to go through that. Yeah, I think that's an excellent backdrop. So just as you mentioned, um, retail sales, e-commerce, audit trend that's really driving LTLS and truckload that isn't really impacting. Well, still, truckload is also strong as well. Mm-hmm. But LTL just really being powered by all these trends. You just mentioned that Bank of America information that's really pushing all these trends forward. So when we're looking at this, a lot of this, this data is showing us that, yeah, the environment's hot, that really we should be seeing a lot of growth, a lot of opportunity for those involved in the LTL space. So let's dive into some of the trends that we're seeing right now that has happened for um, um, central freight lines. What are going to be some of the underlying trends? So I know there has been some murmurings in the industry over the past couple of years around what's going on internally there, but what are going to be some of the first details that we're going to dive into here? I think the big one, I mean, we've seen operating costs. So your expenses that to run the business have been rising. So, I mean, you think about it in terms of fuel, insurance, asset prices, all of those have been rising uh, at a rapid pace. And we actually have a chart, I would call it a chart of the day, in this sense, when we're talking about it. And the first chart, I mean, it's our, it comes from our TCA benchmarking data. So it may not be LTL specific, but it does set an overall trend. Uh, and what we've seen is it's at the highest point, the insurance expense, which is a percentage of revenue, is at the highest it's been in the past four years, and it's accelerating. So what does that mean? Re- our expense, insurance expense is accelerating faster than revenue growth, uh, which is why we're seeing that trend upward. So uh, it's never a good sign, I guess, when you see insurance prices going up, uh, having to spend more on insurance uh, than you can grow revenue. And I think that's part of what, what led to this, uh, ultimately. I mean, you, that's a pretty big input cost, and if you can't cover it on the grow revenue in line with it, it's it's going to lead to some bad things. Yeah. So, of course, this is an industry of all industries are always broken down into revenues. And so we're looking at revenues being broken down. Um, margins, mm-hmm. of course, margins mean everything, but even more so when we look at transportation, because especially within trucking, freight margins, you live and die by it. I mean, even at the brokerage level, what's your margin, what's your margin, what's your margin? So to see this start to eat so much into your revenue is impactful, especially for a company like Central Freight, where they were really pushing the lowest rates possible, really, that they really could do. So that, I think, really kind of squeezes them even more so, and a really great point that you're bringing up here. Yeah, I mean, anytime margins are getting squeezed, it's difficult. And I mean, you would think in an environment like this, Hey, maybe maybe margins aren't shouldn't be getting squeezed, but you look at some of those underlying conditions, and it's like, okay, now it's starting to make sense. And if you had been operating like that for a while, well, now it's just getting, you're kind of just getting left in the dust. Uh, I mean, you look at Knight Swift growing, they're growing, expanding into the LTL space. You have ODFL and SIA and XPO that are all doing things to continue to grow in that. Meanwhile, we've got bankruptcy yeah so. yeah and of course uh, uh fuel is another factor in there i know that we were talking about that before the show as well yeah so I, yeah that's another good one but i mean you think about fuel in this in the industry really as a whole i mean it, a lot of it gets passed off right so there's rising costs get passed off through fuel surcharges and i mean some of that has to do with how you price things and obviously from what it sounds like central freight line was pricing things on the lower side already. So rising fuel costs, 
probably not getting fully passed off to shippers. And again, that's another thing that squeezes those margins. So, I mean, you're getting it from every side, squeezing margins. So uh, definitely a difficult uh, thing. And I think the timing of it is, again, interesting. So Yeah, and so just last week, I think it was last week, I mean, this some of this news is just kind of all kind of throw some of the timeline off. But we were just talking about some of the acquisitions that happened, I think it was just last week, and why some of those make sense. Because you you had a really great graphic up where it showed how some of those acquisitions really created a presence in areas where companies didn't have a presence before. Why do you think we, we didn't see a single buyer for this instance that we saw with Central Freight Line? I think there's a few reasons. I mean, one, I know uh, it was mentioned, I think I even saw Craig put out a tweet, our CEO, uh, about how a lot of their uh, real estate had been sold off to a private equity firm. So I think that's some of the allure of LTL, right? It's really heavy real estate. And what they were, instead of owning it, they were leasing a lot of it. So, I mean, that's one impact. I mean, the other is their network and how it was set up. So southern part of the country, but expanded from the West Coast to the East Coast. There's a lot of overlay there within these networks. So overlap. I mean, you're looking, you look at ODFL, ASIA, I mean, they're national. They don't need more exposure in some of these areas. A Knight Swift, you look the Southeast, they just covered that with their AAA Cooper. They need the West Coast, but do they need to overlap that network on the East Coast? Yeah. So it's like, it just it didn't necessarily make sense. And then on the other side, uh, on the flip side with uh, Central Freight Line, I mean, it makes sense to liquidate just given how hot the equipment market is and things like that. I mean, we're seeing record used truck prices. Yeah, let's dive into that one. So that's another great point, the liquidation side of mm -hmm. it, because what we're seeing right now is some of those used truck prices and some of the equipment prices really going for all-time highs for these level, this level of used equipment. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you're looking, I think I saw this morning, a used three-year-old truck's about $100,000. I mean, it would make sense to sell it. I mean, it was yeah. 50000 a year ago. Yeah. Uh, so, or two years ago. So, I mean, you can make double in just a short amount of time. Uh, so, it kind of makes sense that we're seeing that. Uh, I mean, I think there is some good news in this whole thing. It seems like the equipment is going to sell. I mean, they seem to have interested people to buy uh, some of the assets. It looks like the employees will definitely have a place, specifically the drivers. Yeah. Uh, seems like there's a lot of people that are interested in getting more drivers into their fleet. So uh, overall, I mean, I think you take the good with the bad in this situation. So, I mean, you have 2,100 layoffs the week before Christmas, but it seems like they've got a place to go. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I, I do enjoy about the freight market and transportation in general is, I mean, even when we saw what Celadon in 2019, completely different, uh, you know, shutdown, bankruptcy nonetheless, but we did see the freight community kind of come together and assistance really being poured out. Of course, we have our careers page at Freight Leads as well that you can also make use out of um, if you were involved in this or if you just want to check that out. But with this one, it definitely showed, I think, some of that camaraderie within the community as we saw a lot of people reaching out to see if there is any kind of resources that would be needed. Um, looking at this one, I think another aspect when you're looking at the acquisition side of it is that you also have to acquire the debt mm -hmm. of that company as well. And that may have been one of the factors that wasn't too alluring to many uh, potential buyers. Yeah, I mean, I know in Clarissa's story, I mean, they mentioned too many unpaid bills, too much debt. I mean. I know if I was acquiring somebody, I mean, 
there's good debt and bad debt. I mean, Seth, Seth Holm told, taught me that one really early on here uh, when he was back at Freight Waves. But uh, I mean, you don't want to take on too much that you can't pay it back, yeah. right? So I mean, you're you're just stuck. It's it's kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place. I mean, what's the best way to do it uh, when you know the outcome in the end? Uh, so. I mean, ultimately, there's definitely going to be some beneficiaries, and I think you're going to see them. Uh, I think, Craig, like Craig mentioned in one of his other tweets, Knight Swift, I mean, it's going to be a beneficiary. Yeah. And they're going to be able to maybe move on some of these assets, uh, maybe some of the real estate play on the West, and kind of expand out organically uh, and maybe bring it under an umbrella of either AAA Cooper, the uh, Midwest Motor Express. I mean, there's some options there that they may be able to take advantage of that we'll see how it plays out. Uh, but it should be, it's an interesting with the backdrop in the market and how everybody's wanting to react to see it shows that there may be actually some goodness. So, so when we're looking at this, Tony, I mean, of course, we've been talking, like I said, about LTO for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, this, of course, big news. Does this change any of your sentiment towards LTL that we've really been building up over the last couple of weeks here? Actually, probably not. It probably makes it a little stronger, if anything. I mean, you think about it, you're taking capacity out of the market or not necessarily taking it out, but moving it. So uh, you think about their business or their their customer base was a lot of small, medium-sized businesses, right? They've still got to ship. They're going to end up, they were paying low rates. Those rates are going to end up, they're going to have to pay higher rates with someone else more than likely. Uh, So, I mean, ultimately, I think the pressure is there I mean, you're removing some of the capacity. There's that upward pressure on rates. And I mean, I think overall, it's a good thing for the LTL market. I mean, it's not a, not the way you want to see it happen. But I do think overall, I mean, it could benefit uh, in the long run, the LTL market. Granted, I will say it was relatively small. I think market share less than less than a percent of the entire LTL market. But still, I mean, there is anytime this happens, you are you'll see a little bit of an impact. So. Yeah, you want, to, you want to definitely read the tea leaves and see if this is a barometer for anything. When you're looking at this, of course, completely different segment, but do you see this in, impacting anything in the truckload market? Probably not as much. I mean, it may, I mean, the big one would probably be just the employment factor. I mean, some drivers may, may get out of the LTL space and go to the truckload space. I don't really know. But ultimately, LTL and truckload, the way it's priced, the way it's operated, everything's just very different. So... I do think there's a little impact, but it's very, very, very small. So, in the at least in the short term. So maybe longer term, it's a little different. But I think you're going to see some some changes, but not nothing, nothing too crazy. How's that? Nothing, nothing like what we've seen with some of these acquisitions and things like that. So, and and I think just to cap it off, just as you mentioned, there are going to be some beneficiaries, and there is good news. I know you're talking about where some of these truckers are going to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a report out that a lot of drivers might be going over to Estes. Is that right? Yeah. So it looked like Estes Express uh, was interested in hiring as many 1,325 drivers. So I mean, that's a big percentage of 2,100 layoffs. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's obviously that's that's some good news. And then uh, XPO. Uh, TFI and SI have all int- uh, expressed interest in buying assets, not just buying assets, but also hiring uh, employees. So I think overall, it's as good as you can get in a bad situation. I think with the market the way it is, there is opportunity there for 
for these people to move into a better role or in stay in the industry, keep keep doing what they're doing. Uh, because ultimately, I don't think any, it's not really the fault of any of these drivers, employees. I mean, they're doing what they're told to do. So uh, definitely an interesting time. Uh, not a slow news weekend, that's for sure. So Definitely, definitely. And so uh, before we shift into any more news, because we do have more freight news, of course, got to interject some of the lead economy. So I got to talk about some econ stuff that came out. So we did get a PPI update this morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you're interested. But we did see that there was increase in the producer price index showing a record high for producer prices, showing that producers are now paying so much for these goods, these commodities that are going to be going into our final goods. And so it's essentially outpaced wage growth in such Mm -hmm. a way where it's really eating into consumer purchasing power. Do you see this as a potential dampening uh, or dampener for, you know, the LTL space as we move into 2022? I think there's a possibility. I mean, anytime you see things that could impact the consumer uh, and the way the consumer spends, uh, I think you definitely run, there is some risk there, both on the LTL side, truckload side. I mean, there's just, there is a risk. Uh, in, and what we've seen, I mean, you look at the CPI, right? The consumer price index, it's up at like the highest level in more than what, since the 1980s? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you're definitely seeing inflation start playing an impact in the consumer. Uh, haven't seen it spill over. We'll get retail sales in the morning yeah. uh, for November. And that'll be an interesting number to kind of tell us what happened uh, with our, what, how inflation's having an impact. I mean, I don't think I've seen it show up necessarily in Bank of America's card spending yet. Uh, but I mean, there is going to be some impact. Do I know when that's going to be? No, I wish I did. <laughs> uh, but I do think it's coming. So it, it may not be early 2022 or it may be back half of 2022 where we see that slowdown in the consumer, but it's coming and it does actually, uh, my fireside chat with Will Kerr uh, from Edge Logistics uh, tomorrow in our uh, supply chain summit, we actually talk about this, how that consumer, uh, how that's going to affect freight and the, the slowdown and sentiment impacts will, will, uh, what will happen with those. So Yeah, I think that's a great point. So uh, like you said, looking at uh, the PPI, which is up 12 0.6%, I believe, year over year, which is absolutely nuts. We're looking at that rate of growth, not the kind of rate of growth that you want to see, of course, when you're looking at economic measurements. And you're, you're spot on, we're going to get uh, retail sales tomorrow morning, um, get to see what November looked like. And really, the thing is, I mean, when I'm looking at November, I don't, ha- I don't know about your expectations. I don't have these overtly bullish expectations just because we saw such a strong showing in October. And that really kind of shows or kind of sh- gives a, a hint to that consumers got an earlier start this year and that maybe month to month on a year over year basis might be a little bit of a multiple and looking at the analysis on that might not show as strongly as it will show on a quarter over uh, quarterly growth rate on a year over year basis. So I'm looking for more of that quarterly growth rate, that October, November, December growth rate compared to 2021 to 2020, I should say. And so that's what I'm going to be watching closely for sure on that number. Um, but I'm right with you because when we're looking at a lot, all the, the, the frictions for the consumer, um, we're looking at, of course, inflationary rates growing. Wages are increasing, but not quite at that same pace. We're also seeing that those savings rates, aren't, they're not quite as high. Um, net worth are, are increasing a lot. I think, I, like, I think a lot of that is, of course, going to be due to 
if you own a home, mm -hmm. that's going to help you as well. Um, in terms of credit, so consumers aren't overextended just yet. They're, I don't think they're getting there. I think they're inching closer and closer, just inching. I don't think they're, you know, sprinting towards it. But we are seeing that revolving credit is, you know, back to where we were pre-pandemic levels-ish. Non-revolving credit, um, I'm sorry, still below. Non-revolving credit, so things like houses, cars, or, you know, through the roof, way high. Uh, credit card utilization, not quite as hot as we were pre-pandemic. So that's still a good news or good sign, I should say. Um, February 2020 uh, re restarts those uh, federal payments for um, college uh, loan debt. And so I think that's going to be another one to kind of start to sap away at some people's spending power. So that one's going to be one to watch closely as well of increased living uh, conditions. So rents are going up. That's going to be kicked back in. Uh, savings rates coming mm -hmm. down. So I think definitely it's, it was really kind of shaping up to show that there might be potential slowing on the consumer side. And of course, as all these goods get pulled into the country, um, perhaps we'll start to see a lot more discounts come mid-2022 as all these goods starts are start flowing in. Is there still going to be that demand? Perhaps, but are we going to get overstocked? And I think that's going to be one of the things that could be a dampener in a sense for some inflationary pressures. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Lorianne Larocco put a story up with the headline today. Uh, Halloween costumes are still flowing through the porch. So, I yeah. mean, I think you're going to see some of that that slow down and I mean, those discounts, but I mean, you look at Black Friday, it was like the lowest discounted, like the level of discounts was like the lowest it's been in like 10, 12 years, yeah. something crazy. So, I mean, they haven't shown up yet. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think what you said about retail sales, where you're going to look for it. I mean, I think you are going to see it maybe down, maybe down a little from where it was in October. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just look at, I know Cyber Monday was underwhelming from uh, reports, so we'll see. We'll see what it says, but I, I'm not expecting to be blown away uh, yeah. to the upside. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be looking for that quarterly number. So I'm, I, we're waiting on November, but I'm already excited for December's numbers. So I can just do that three month over three month. But we got to look at, of course, tradition set by, of course, uh, Andrew Cox and Seth Holm back in the day. You care or not? Nah. And yep. So, of course, you, you pulled one up here. Uh, Brad Jacobs, what do we have here? So, Brad Jacobs sold 20% of his XPO and GX holding, GXO holdings on uh, Friday. Uh, shares fell. I think XPO was down about almost four, right at four and a half percent. GXO down about seven and a half percent. Story, I mean, sell. It was triggered by a previously executed plan. So, I mean, it was kind of planned. It was yeah. just a matter of when it happened. Uh, Amit Marocha, so Deutsche Bank anal transportation analyst, said that both uh, the backdrops for both, fundamentals for both companies still strong uh, as GXO works, is still winning uh, lucrative contracts and XPO is deleveraging. So working down some of their debt on their balance sheet, uh, working, running the LTL business, uh, little tightly focused uh, with that spinoff. So I guess you care or not about Brad Jacobs. Uh, so initially when I when I saw it on the headlines, I was like, ooh, this is interesting. But then I started reading into the, the some of the details about, you know, okay, this was, as you said, um, something that was kind of kind of planned out originally. So I'm just like, oh, okay. And I start caring a little bit less because I was like, oh, okay, it's just a plan coming together. Mm -hmm. So uh, initially when I first saw it, I was like, oh, what's going on here? But afterwards, it's like not, not as much anymore, yeah. not as much. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you think about it. I mean, this stuff happens all the time, uh, 
and, and I mean, Brian Jacobs has so many eyes on him at all times, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> Every yeah, movie he I makes. Mean, it's a uh, nice for him. A nice little payday. So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, I think Amit made the, a good point. I mean, he mentioned that this may be Brad Jacobs' start of the, the, the way out. So, I mean, not that I can blame him for what he's built over the last 10 years, but... Uh, and, and the market, with the way it is right now, it would be an excellent time to just capitalize on mm-hmm. some of it. Of course, last one, you have Rider Systems. Before we close out, what do you think about that? Uh, purchase Whiplash. Uh, I do think it's, I don't, I do care. Yeah. I mean, I think it gives them a bigger footprint in that uh, last mile delivery e-commerce play. Uh, gives them a little more exposure to uh, some customers that maybe they weren't working with before. And it gives them the ability to cross-sell. So I do think it is... Uh, I do care. Yeah, yeah. I think this one is a smart play as well. Great show. Once yeah. again, Tony, glad awesome. to have you here as a close. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Of course, you can find us on Freecast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. This is every Tuesday at 3 Eastern Standard Time. And as Tony mentioned, we have a live event coming up tomorrow. So make sure you're registered on live.fairies.com. See you tomorrow. <laughs>